0: I'm Dan Powers Emoji, and you're watching Rugby Wrap Up. Next on Rugby Wrap Up, Australia rugby legend turned LA Giltini's general manager, Adam Fryer. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by the Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby to a very, very well known rugby personality on the other side of the globe in Australia. Sir, how do you pronounce your last name?
1: Fryer Tuck, like Adam Fryer. And uh, and people if they if they had seen me play football, I actually have a fryer Tuck as well. So um, I don't get uh, I don't get the Fryer Tuck as a nickname. Uh, I've got another nickname that will stick uh, uh, it's stuck for many a year, but uh, Fryer's fine. Uh, you can call me Adam. You can call me Hass. Whatever you want. Um, uh, I, I can't. The you know,
0: pe- there are people out there that obviously are going to know who you are, Adam, but they're not going to know why you're why you're here in America. But it's Adam Fryer, ladies and gentlemen, and he's not just a uh, buff model type. He's also uh, been a correspondent or a pundit, rather, for the is it the Sydney Morning Herald and uh, contributor on the ABC Offsiders program. Am I right so far?
1: Yeah, look, I've, I've had an, an interesting career. Of course, played for many years, but then sort of discovered the media and, and rubbed shoulders with you, of course, at uh, at World Cups and international test matches. So my background is communications, and I've always been quite passionate about the media. But then fell into a marketing role, which then turned into a digital role, which turned into an executive role at Rugby Australia. And then... Um, Yeah, an opportunity came along and you can see from, you know, the badge on my chest to to represent a new club in the MLR. And look, I am super humbled, incredibly honoured, thrilled uh, and excited about the opportunity of of bringing, I wouldn't say rugby to America, but elevating the sport. Like it's just there and, um, you know, Los Angeles is just an incredible city and we look forward to representing it well.
0: 25 uh, caps with the wallabies is that right Adam?
1: that's right but I'm certainly not here to promote myself. Uh, maybe, well, that's my uh, job.
0: That, that's my <laughs> job. 80 no, no, no. 80 caps with the waratahs, 6 with brumbies, 16 or 6 6 with the rebels?
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to play um, you know over 100 super games and you know an opportunity to play for Australia at uh, at a young age, over about eight or nine years. And um, yeah, I look, at, I, I look back on those memories fondly. And um, and the best thing about it is, there's a lot of the dynamic that we're bringing into to LA. Stephen Halls is a former teammate of mine, assistant coach, but uh, still going, Matty. I've actually, in the last couple of weeks, I play for a club here in Sydney called Ramwick, um, where our, our team is through to the uh, elimination final this weekend. So at 40, I can't give it up, but I, I hear uh, divorces are expensive. So, I've chosen (laughs) to retire uh, and last couple of weeks, and hopefully play in a grand final. But, you know, my my career is uh, I represented, uh, you know, three super clubs and and the Wallabies. But, you know, my heart has always been at my hometown club of Ramwick in Sydney. And many rugby listeners would know that that's a, you know, historic club. And, you know, I've had 21 years there. And, you know, is that that the
0: Galloping Greens or is that the Union Coat? Yeah, no,
1: the Galloping Greens. Galloping Galloping Greens. Greens. Certainly no gallop in this uh, old hooker anymore. So um, now the boots are up. And um, you know, when a front row forward has to wear molded boots, uh, Matt, it's time to give it up. So uh, I'm in molded boots because I can't wear the screw-ins because my feet hurt too much. So no, it's, it's time this weekend. And, look, I, I've i got you,
0: you, to – You hookers, a- you just don't – you don't stop. You know, already for
1: that – for the shoot shield, Right. Yeah. So I, so uh, I why not come, come out of retirement
0: forward. for the MLR shield?
1: <laughs> no, no, it won't happen. And, and as I said, divorces are expensive. My wife's been very patient. No, I've, got to, I've got to listen to her. But look, I've, I've had great memories. And, and mate, to be honest, coming back and playing community sport, and I call it village rugby, and I think that's what we're going to you know, be representing really well in LA, is that there's so much more to offer. And, and there is professional players that can go out and earn a lot of money just because you stop getting paid money to play the game it doesn't put you into a, a sort of a basket of saying that you, you can't play anymore. I've learned so much coming back and, and coming out of retirement and playing club rugby for the last five years. And I'm hoping, you know, many older players will do it. Uh, not only does it give them a stimulus, it just provides so much for the community. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've done my time. I'm, I'm done now. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing those molded boots getting very dusty in the cupboard.
0: So we're going to put the rumors to rest as far as what you're saying about Ewan Hoyle's coming out of retirement to play with Corbusero and Bryce Campbell,
1: <laughs> no, Alex. Well, yeah, I've seen Alex train at the moment. Uh, he is fit. Uh, I uh, no, no. I, there, there is, there is absolutely no way. There, would, there'd have to be a hooker pandemic of huge proportions. You, you would argue that that football, soccer is another one, but. You can keep playing and just the relationships and the dynamic of our sport. You know, I'm sitting next to a kid that I'm playing with the other day whose father taught me at school. I'm playing against, you know, a, a, another player, former teammate's son and you can continue those relationships and you can walk into a club at 35 and be slow and there's a position for you. You can be 40 and fat and there's a position for you. You can be 18 skinny and fast and that's the magic of rugby. So... Um, you know, I, I, I put you in the, the, the skinny and slow bit. I don't know where that fits in, in your I'm, sort I'm of more dinner. like
0: a, I'm more like a fat skinny guy right now because <laughs> I'm pandemically soft. I've been trying yeah, to jog. Right. No, you
1: no, I, but I, I, I'm serious when I say, and that's that's you, you'll you'll get to know me of being around the MLR, and I'm very passionate about the values of the game, and the, you know, the, there's a certain magic that our sport can bring, no other can.
0: You sir are a son of a rugby leaguer, if
1: I'm not mistaken.
0: I got to ask you: Is it going to be the Panther Punks or is it going to be the store who win this one?
1: Yeah, uh, I think everyone in, in Australia has some uh, rugby league DNA. Uh, look, I, I like the Storm, uh, and I um I think they're they're a real legacy, and they're they've got players in there that have been around for a long time, very well coached. But I had three years in Melbourne playing for the Melbourne Rebels and also working there. Uh, obviously, there for five, but playing for three. I've got a special place in my heart for that city who's done it really tough during COVID. So I'm Storm all the way. Uh, I'd love to see them win it.
0: How about Cats uh, or Richmond,
1: AFL? That's a, that's another real one. Like, Richmond have been, you know, primed. Uh, they want to be one of the best AFL clubs of the last five years. I'd like to see Geelong win it. I, I think they're a, they're a sort of one-team town, um, you know, incredible pedigree and DNA. Um, and they're sort of like a bit of an an unsung hero, uh, and an underdog, Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to see them win it. So, uh, yeah, for mine, and Richmond and Melbourne Storm pretty much train out of the same center. So, for security purposes, let's try and split that party up uh, and uh, have Geelong win it. First question
0: about the Giltinis is the one that uh, some people have the concern and complain about the name of the team and its association with alcohol.
1: Yeah, uh, well, straight off the bat. And look, I, I have to say, Matt, um, I appreciate your support on the show. I watch uh, many episodes or And I think there's two different ways of looking at it. Uh, and one, you need to look at the commercial reasons. And, and, you know, there are so many sports associated with, whether it's alcohol um, and things of that nature. Um, but the elevation of our brand is somewhat different. But look, I, I do appreciate many people's support because it's not always negative. But look, my my... My feel on this is if you go through Japan, you know, there's clubs playing as tractors and cars and Scotch in Centauri. So, um, and, and the element of the Guild the Guiltinis and that brand is, is that it's going to be one that's going to grow over time, but also um, it's one that's going to have a sustainable model to continue to build this club. Now we are going to introduce in the not too distant future, some, some incredible programs associated with LA rugby. Like we've got to, There's a youth and development program around the corner. We're going to introduce new teams. So this one brand is not going to represent the city. Uh, We're going to have, I think what is going to represent the city is the style of footy we play, the entertainment that we're bringing on the park, um, and also the players that are going to make up this squad. Uh, And we've got, I think, 33 out of the 35 positions signed. Uh, We'll start to announce those players November 1. There's no point us announcing you mean like I, Bryce
0: Campbell playing for the Ohio yeah. Aviators suspiciously?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not included. Are you them. telling it me is. I'm wrong? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, uh, but look, it, it is, it is, it's a fair question, but it's also, we're an entertainment brand. Uh, we're in the entertainment industry, uh, and we're going to make a really incredibly unique, fun, innovative way for families, uh, young fans, old fans, uh, to attend our sport, uh, and it's so important we do so because if we come in as a rugby team and do rugby things uh, you know, we're going to get lost in the in the static of Los Angeles, which I argue is the sporting capital of the world with the amount of teams and the economy they have um, the Giltinis will have their place and look we will um, it will take time, but you know, I'm, I'm certainly proud of it, but I'm also going to be I've got to reinforce this, Matt, is that I want our fans to be proud of you know, the players that are going to be representing us, the type of entertainment we're bringing. Uh, and, and again, there is an element of the, the sustainable model which we're trying to do to ensure that not only the Guiltinis can take the pitch every night, but we can continue to invest in the community and grow the community and have, you know, and elevate Santa Monica and have Belmont Shore be able to fly into to their teams and, you know, and have more clubs build in Los Angeles. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about putting a, an entertaining rugby product on the field, You've got to have sustainable community. And our, our motto is not to go in and just bring in internationals. You know, we want to capture 14, 16, 18-year-olds to represent the Eagles or be playing for Canada. So, um, And this is the, the model we're going to do it. And we're going to do it with a bit of fun uh, and a bit of sprinkle of magic. And uh, I'm sure our fans will appreciate the squad we're putting together and the entertainment we'll put on the pitch.
0: So the short answer is the name is going to stick. Right. And I have said on this show, I thought it was marketing genius for the Gilgronies and the giltinis I'm not one of those. And I think it's and I'm going to get crap for this again. But, you know, across American sports, we have the Milwaukee Brewers playing at Miller Park. Nobody's got a problem with that. And I can name yeah. a whole bunch of others. I've done it before. You guys could Google it if you want to give me crap. But all right, so I, I'm not one of those that has a problem with the name. You do have to pierce the market. You're in a tough yeah. market. You're in Los Angeles. And that name, I think, and the and the merchandising will go over with a big L.A. Cra- you know, L.A.'s like that. It's Hollywood, man. So yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about, here's the other uncomfortable question. There are people that wonder if, because Adam Gilchrist, who is a mystery man that I want to get on this show, um, him owning two teams will just mean players getting shuttled back and forth or the potential for players getting shuttled back and forth. Address that.
1: Yeah, it's that's, that's a fair question because it sounds in practice that would be easy to do, but it isn't. Uh, the MLR is set up in a way where their contracting system, and, and full marks to the M.L.R. They've got an incredible system in their H.R. department where their contract system, are, you know, it's ironclad. Now, I am good friends with Sam Harris, their head coach of Austin. I played rugby with him since you know I was 19, and Mark Gerard and I've actually played against a lot of the players that are going there. There's absolutely no way we could share those players. Now, um, if if in any element, um, if there is a couple of guys training in Sydney that are and mates, and one's wearing an Austin shirt, and one's wearing an LA shirt. Surely they're going to be training together, but that's the extent of it. And I don't. Uh, or maybe a to tournament
0: like the uh, the Tens World Series, where sure. we just spoke with a couple of those guys.
1: Yeah. And look, there, there, there are, there are, there is simply no way that would happen, and there is no way that there'll be any players moving to and fro. Uh, and look, when when Austin take the field, our jobs to tear them down, and you know, we're going to be building a rich rivalry with them. Uh, and yeah, that, that's, that, that's just not going to happen. And not only is it not going to happen because it's against the, the sort of, I going to say the moral grounds of who I am. And I know what the coach is like. And certainly Darren about sharing players, it just can't from an MLR point of view. So there's absolutely no way uh, that we will be, uh, players will be crossing in and out. Uh, we'll be doing the opposite. Instead of crossing in and out, we'll be trying to run over. So Um, that's our goal that's our motive and you know we're looking forward to playing them We're playing them twice this year and um yeah we'll be wanting to win both
0: yeah so who does adam root
1: for in that one? yeah it's a good question you'll have to get him on the show and ask him that's going to be question number one for him i mean i would (laughs) love to have that problem you know the 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 type of not not to go but I, i think and i don't want this to sound corny matt but i think The end of the day, I think what any owner wants to see is the fans in the crowd, smiling, mums and dads with their kids, you know, good quality rugby on the pitch. Like and I think it's a real credit to the owners and the GMs of this this league that I've met most of, uh, been on calls with, have done an incredible job to elevate this competition and this sport during a really challenging time. So I think I don't want it to sound corny, but the motive is, is around rewarding our fans. and if the fan experience is great, if a player or a, or a, a young family or a 14 year old kid can go to a game, uh, experience it he buys a jersey or she buys a jersey, um, you know that's a DNA that strand that carries into next generation. So I think we've just got to be thinking fan first and entertainment first and I think results become secondary, but I know certainly my motive is is smiling faces in the crowd.
0: All right, Adam, hold that thought because we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with Mr. Adam Fryer of the L.A. Guiltinis right after this. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste and the flavor.
1: What do you think is on the label?
0: I think there's a... A naked woman, riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. That's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan. Adam Fryer in Australia. Let's get to the team. And your role is
1: GM? Yeah, that's right. So my role is is a bit of everything at the moment. But we've had uh we've had some quality signings. And I think the best thing you can do is get off to good starters by naming your coaches. I've been in and around the club for the last probably since May, um, working in the background. Uh, Stephen Hoyle's who's you know, a very much in-demand coach here in Australia. And um, he was coaching the Australian Sevens team. But considered a real sporting personality more than a coach. And I, I know I upset him sometimes when I said to him that you're a far better coach than you are a media personality. He thinks he's pretty good at the media. Uh, but he is. He was uh, obviously a wallaby, a Brumbies captain, and a super rugby championship player. So he brings winning DNA to the club. And then you've got another head coach who we've appointed in, Darren Coleman. Now, Darren is a, a name that not many people would know. Very reserved on camera. Great guy, great coach. And, um, you know, he would be, the, the, well, before he signed It's with always LA, those
0: guys that are reserved on camera you have to watch yeah, out for.
1: No, no, but he's, very, he's a very, you know, he's a very, uh, he's a quality guy. Um, and the best thing about Darren is, is he was, before signing with LA, I would have thought, is he was probably the most in-demand coach that hadn't signed. And for us to nail him, in Sydney club rugby regarded as the, if not one of the best coaches, you know, uh, super rugby clubs chasing his signature and he wanted to start something new, something fresh. So you've got a really tight-knit DNA there and, you know, I've been coached by Darren before uh, and I've obviously played with Stephen. So you automatically bring a new culture but the next part of the, you know, and as I was saying before, we've got you know, 33 players to announce from November. Um, You know, support staff is what we're looking at now. We have S&C, we've got uh, a team manager that we're chasing down. And we really want to bring not just an Australian team and just bring it to LA. Like We're, we're out and out looking for US talent uh, on the field, but also off the field because we know energy like yourself and people that come on your show, um, you know, it, it's important to, to have the fabric of the city as part of your organisation. So my job is to pull that together, uh, win some games. And as I say, uh, have plenty of mums and dads with their kids and families and parties for the, the adults in, in the car park. Uh, from a rugby perspective.
0: So with with the idea that you go with what you know, can we expect that there'll be a, a lot of Australian players coming yeah. on?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I think so. Uh, I think the expectation should be that. But uh, and looking through the squad before I got on the call, um, it's not all about Australia. We, we will have an international team, but also we'll be represented incredibly well by U.S. talent. Uh, and the other thing I think what the MLR has done and will continue to do. There is so much US talent out there, uh, whether it be in Australia or in Europe. Uh, it's about bringing them closer to an environment for them to become Eagles. And you know, I've said this many a time, is our motive isn't just to go over there and pluck players from around the world. You know, We wanna be able to see you know, high quality US players playing for our club year three, four, five, and bringing them through. And that's where we're gonna have to invest Uh, in our youth and development program which is not too far around the corner around how do we bring these players through? How do I put a shirt on a kid at 14 that's aspirational about putting an LA shirt or an Eagles shirt when they're 16 and 18? That DNA carries through not just from a footy point of view but a generation of a fan. So, um, yeah, we will have Australian players. Uh, We will have uh, South African players. We'll have Scottish players. We'll have US, Canadians. But, you know... Our U.S. talent is going to be prime. And we're uh, we're pretty proud of the squad we've put together. Uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to, to, to showcasing that. Uh, and November is going to be a month that we're going to own. And, you know, our fans are going to be pretty pumped, I think.
0: Can you give us any hints as to any players that are already on the roster that haven't been announced?
1: Uh, look, there, there's already been some people that have jumped the queue. Um, a couple of Colorado players have have sort of alluded to the fact that they're coming along. Um, let me just say, uh, is, is one um, named White? Uh, I don't know. Are you asking me a question? A player me answer, that's come, coming
0: to you guys? A Colorado <laughs> player?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. You'll have to get the coach on and ask him. Okay. Um, but we uh, look. But the one, the one tip I'll give you is that it's, it's, it's a sprinkle of everything. Like we've got some. So young are, are you, little. are you the one that's Signing players? Are you going out? Is that what your role is? It's a collective of us. Uh, but, you know, my job is to communicate with them. But the other thing is, Matt, is that there has been such an incredible interest the other way. Like, I'm not chasing. Our club is not chasing players. And and I think that's really respected the city uh, and the competition where you know, kids are coming to us, agents are coming to us with lists. And not only just lists of internationals that want to come out to NLR and, you know, um, if they're finishing off their careers or in the middle of their careers, but it's actually, here's a list of US, US players. Here's a list of Canadian players. Here's a list of players that could qualify for a World Cup. So that's a good thing for US rugby. And I do, you know, the only, the only tip I can give you is that there's there's a sprinkler young, um, a bit old. Well, I'm, di- uh, I'm, Ed, dying so, I'm dying here. Come on, you got to <laughs> give me something. Give me something. Well, we've got, um, we've got two World Series 7s players. Um, Cecil Africa. Got, uh, no, well, yeah, we've got two of those. Um, and let's uh, say that two of our players have played in a few World Cups. So, um, yeah, it'll look, as Tell you said, me.
0: You're absolutely killing
1: me. <laughs> i have got, got to come on the cellar. No, but look, I'll, I'll conclude by saying is that my role was always to put a team together that our city will be proud of. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, and they're, the DNA of this club and the people that we're recruiting aren't just players that do well on the park they're good culture builders, they're great in the community, and they have to tick a certain DNA to be part of the club. Um, and for us, I, I call it a club, uh, where many sports call it franchises. A franchise is a, you know, a, a, a Krispy Kreme donut. You can buy them and plunk them anywhere, where a club is a community in a village it's surrounded by. It. Now, if our players aren't part of that fabric of the rugby community, and wow, the foundations that are in place now, and I mentioned Belmont Shore, Santa Monica, There's such a thirst and such a great foundation for us to build on. Uh, And we're here to make those clubs stronger as well. So uh, the the players that we'll pick will fit that build and we'll be out there in the community supporting
0: them. How many foreign players spots do you have? Because it changes from team to team. Do you have 10, 12, 11? What do you you have?
1: Uh, We uh, we traded uh, some of our foreign spots. And um, I listened to your podcast on the draft. And if anyone's listening now, go back and rewind it because you had – I remember you may have had the Dallas GM on, but there's different ways of running that draft. And our we weren't in a position to understand the U.S. market better than anyone on the ground. So we traded up our draft picks uh, and we were able to get those foreign spots, uh, which I think was the right decision at the time. But seeing the draft and something that talent coming through, I was sort of sitting there with the coach going, gee, did we give up that many draft picks? Um we, we've got yeah we've got more more internationals, but not by a lot, but again, um, how you trade draft picks and how it all how it works. It's a bit of a, a bit of a sport in itself, but you know, I think we've had to do that day one, and that's just to build the foundations up. But our APC playing lists um, are all locals and we'd love to see them elevate into into those international spots. And as I said at the top of the call, our motive is to make US rugby stronger, not to continue to bring you know, you know, internationals out year on year. We'd like to see that come back.
0: Well, you know, the other thing that I've been saying that hasn't been exactly popular along with the uh, liking of the branding uh, is that I'm not against foreign players coming in here and playing on rosters because we quite frankly don't have enough quality USA players – And the USA players that do get on these teams, if you have even two and three and you have 15 teams or 14 teams or 13 teams across the MLR and two or three Americans are starting on those teams, you've already got 30 players that are playing with other very good rugby players going into the USA rugby pool that we haven't had before. So isn't that better than having 15 youth? USA players that aren't ready for professional rugby on any level or playing and the fans having to watch that product.
1: Yeah. Look, it's interesting how you position that because um, I tend to fans are passionate uh, and, and coming from different clubs in Australia where Melbourne is not historically the Melbourne rebels and super rugby is not historically a rugby town. And they brought in sort of players like myself that had played a hundred games elsewhere to build that uh, club up. Now, very self-sustainable. They've got a local competition that's thriving. And even the Brumbies. The Brumbies are a marquee rugby brand around the world. They've got their own rugby um, competition around the city, which isn't as strong as Sydney, but still people come in there. But they I just have know. a Brumbies hat. Yeah, I'm sure. I've got to get you a Giltini's hat. That's the only way you get good I... on this show. Look, I, I don't disagree with the fans because they're loyal and passionate. Uh, but I also, I appreciate and understand that if we can bring in those internationals <laughs> to elevate it up, even more. You don't want to turn it into an IPL in what cricket does in India. Um, but look, even if you look at the NBA right now, the NBA, say, 10 years ago, um, I would even say 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it's certainly there's been a movement, but there's a lot of foreign talent coming through. It becomes an international competition. The day it actually makes USA Rugby weaker is the day you address it. And as you said before, um, if we've got a player that's played 50 tests for their country with an 18-year-old kid uh, that needs that experience, you can't tell me that that's not right for that 18 year old kid and player. And as, as I said, as soon as it's counterproductive into the development of USA rugby, it, it should be addressed. But I don't think it is at the moment because, we, as you say, we need to elevate those players up. Uh, and we want, you know, as I said, the MLR is here to be an entertaining, fun, vibrant brand to make both. Canadian and USA rugby stronger. It's All right, Adam, no
0: I am reading into a hint that I think you just threw out. You're Australian. You threw out 50 caps. There was a famous Australian rugby player that may or may not be out there that had a rule named after him, the Matt Gitto rule with the 50 caps. you can go back and play with the Wallabies. Is he on the radar for you guys? I think he is.
1: Yeah, Well, uh, he's certainly played more than 50. Uh, but- no, but –
0: they allowed him to come back, right? Because uh, instead of
1: banishing yeah, players yeah, from other no, countries. You've, yeah, you've got the rule right. That's that's one thing. Um, so he's, so but, we're,
0: we're agreeing that he's coming to the Giltinis?
1: Oh, no, I'm agreeing that the Gitto <laughs> law is what you say there. that I had you. <laughs> but, no, uh, but look, I, I agree with you, but also I can understand what the fans are saying as well, Matt. They're, they're passionate about their teams and their tribes and their community. But I think the MLR has got the number right.
0: What's the style of the team going to be? That's your final question. Is it going to be a uh, an, like a super rugby squad, spin of the ball, or is it going to be like a, what we used to call here in the NFL, an NFL East grinded out team? What do you think?
1: Yeah, look, I think it will be incredibly uh, – it will be a super rugby style of play. Uh, our coach, Darren Coleman, is quite structured in the way he plays. Um, and, you know, Stephen Hoyles is regarded as an incredible breakdown coach. So, um, if you are – if you do have the ability, and I'm pretty sure – the world would be able to tap into some of the shoot shield and super rugby content online. Um, Very fast, very dynamic and and very structured, but the the real energy is going to be in the stands and it's going to be the entertainment that we're going to bring off the park. So I know winning rugby does that, um, but we want to see as many people in pink shirts, blue shirts, um, tune on their team. And I say smiles in the crowd is what I'm certainly going to be proud of and elevating the rugby community. So with those three things combined, uh, it doesn't matter how you play on the field. Uh, without the other two, it just doesn't work.
0: Well, I'm certainly excited about this, and I know a whole bunch of people can't wait for the Giltinis to take the pitch, even if they're going to scoff at the name or harumph. Uh, but it'll get eyeballs, and that's the idea, right? That's, I think that's a big part of the idea. But on that note, we are out of time, sir, so I want to thank you for getting up early in Australia to accommodate our schedule here in New York. And on behalf of of mr adam fryer i'm matt mccarthy in new york for rugby wrap-up signing off